This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome back to another episode of Ex- Extreme Resurrection. I'm your host, James Gruenberg, alongside Steve Riddle. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. We're getting ready to start a brand new year for ECW, and we'll see if uh, things can uh, things can uh, change for them after uh, the uh, insanity that was the end of uh, the of our last year. Yeah, uh, tonight we uh, we are closing out 2006. 2006 hasn't been the best year for ECW, so hopefully 2007 it uh, the product uh, does get hopefully the product does get better as uh, the year uh, as uh, 2007 progresses. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about in our last two shows, you know, everything feels completely different. Heyman's gone. Big Show is gone. We have Lashley as champion. And now it seems like, uh, you know, we got some new things going uh, as we head into the new year. Yeah, but tonight we are still, well, for our first episode, we are still in 2006. This is ECW, December 19th. From Hampton, Virginia, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes out. Comes out to the ring. He says. He says he is proud to represent ECW as the ECW champion. He says that he had a great time entertaining the troops at uh, at the tribute to the troops that year in two thousand six. As uh, the WWE always usually did their tribute to the troops around Christmas time, and he um, and and he's a former uh, military uh, personnel as well. So uh, it, me- it meant a lot for Bobby to be um, putting on a show for the- for the troops. Mm-hmm. Bobby then. Yeah, uh, Bobby then discusses who his next challenger is going to be. And Steve, tonight the fans have the opportunity to vote for who will face Bobby Lashley on the January 2nd ECW show in of the new year, 2007. Will it be Rob Van Dam, Sabu, or Test? What did you think of um, the idea that the fans are going to vote for who is going to be Bobby Lashley's next opponent? I thought it was a decent idea. I mean, they kind of uh, kind of playing out the fact that Lashley is you know a, um, a fan fav- you know fan friendly kind of champion, unlike uh, unlike Heyman who um, just did things for himself. Um, trying to they're trying to put over that Lashley will be the. Uh, the fans, you know, the fans champion and both and, you know, be a fighting champion. Um, speaking of that uh, promo he did, um, it's kind of funny watching him back here, uh, here in like late 06, late 07, and then watching him in the modern day in 2022 and just seeing how far he's come as a promo guy because he's kind of uh, rough here a bit. I mean, he's, 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 he's not terrible. I mean, he does a decent job, you know, playing up how he's, he was proud of, you know, like I said, being a tribute to the troops, which I think was airing that, that week and um, kind of putting things over. And I think one thing that doesn't get kind of talked about for him enough is the fact that he was a former, um, an army ranger. So, you know, that's kind of a cool little hook that he's got and, you know, playing off, you know, going to the tribute to the troops and uh, performing for them. Definitely. Um, I thought it was a nice little touch for that. Um, obviously, you know the three guys that they had: RVD, Sabu, and Tess. Pretty much the three top guy, you know, top other top guys at that point. Um, you know, three of the guys, you know, well, two of them who were in the uh, the chamber. One who was supposed to be in Sabu, but wasn't. So, uh, made sense to have the three of them um, be the choices. Although, when you saw the choices, I think at that moment, um, it was almost kind of obvious who the fans were going to vote for. 
Yeah, because, you know, the fans, they just love RVD. I mean, you could have probably put Sabu, but, uh, you know, the fans were just 100% behind Rob Van Dam in the year 2006. And they've been behind Rob Van Dam since 2001. So, you know, any chance that they can see RVD go for the title, they're going to give it to Rob Van Dam. Not only the fans, but also like WWE itself. Mm-hmm. Rene Dupree, Rene Dupree comes out and Rene Dupree got some cheap heat on uh, Bobby Lashley. You know, he says that Bobby Lashley is a corporate puppet. And while, well, you know, just that, just like, you know, USA is getting stomped by Iraq, <laughs> Rene Dupree is going <laughs> to stomp Bobby Lashley. So a lot of <laughs> really cheap heat by uh Rene Dupree the uh the Frenchman Rene Dupree Yeah who I completely forgot was even <laughs> was A still around and B that he had this little brief stint in ECW and I I remember um the first time seeing like the vignettes of him and he was almost kind of like playing up that he was this uh you know almost kind of like a model type gimmick um you know he had dropped the uh I mean he still had a bit of a French accent but he had definitely he dropped it a bit from where he, from where he had it before and um and the fact that he was calling himself the most extreme athlete in ECW when when you look at him and you see his you know his work he's you know the complete antithesis of what a uh, extreme athlete should be yes and i thought that he was just going to keep on cutting promos he cut promos for like almost almost a month of like either it was like back in early Ju- late july and like early into early august they started doing like the Rene Dupree. And it's like, is he going to, uh, is he going to debut? He had like, I think one or two matches on ECW and then just disappeared and gets like lost in the shuffle. So I guess they needed somebody real quick. So they just put Rene Dupree out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a guy to get, um, to just a feat to Lashley here. Yep. Uh, pure dominance by, <laughs> Lashley and then like the Dominator just puts Rene Dupree away. I gave it a star and a quarter. I think that's being a little too generous, but I liked I just liked uh, Bobby Lashley's performance, you know, and uh, the fans were really really getting behind Bobby. Yeah, I went three quarters of a star. Uh, pretty much, again, just a squash to put Lashley over, give uh, you know, him, uh, Dupree was just a guy to feed, to feed to him, and I don't think uh yeah, I don't think Dupree's around for much longer, so it was fine for him to to make Lashley look strong on his way out. Yep. So now we have Balls Mahoney versus Matt Stryker. Balls unloads on Matt, uh, knee to the face by Stryker. Balls hits Stryker with his signature punches and then misses a diving leg drop. Striker hits the golden rule. Um, I didn't know what the golden rule was. Was that was that like a was it like a modified neck breaker or something? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, it looks like a neck breaker, like the the neck breaker that Tess kind of did. But uh, and that actually puts Balls Mahoney away. So Matt Striker gets a win over win over balls mahoney i liked i liked striker here i gave it a star i like striker he seemed like um really uh seemed like he was really doing his best to like wrestle here in this match what'd you think steve yeah i want to start too. um pretty much this you know kind of plays off um them what happened the week before in uh, the classroom and uh you know obviously we have a, a rematch another rematch from uh from a December to December, you know, almost uh, a month later, um, pretty basic stuff all around. I do, I do like that. Um, Boss was doing the punches, and when he's doing the windup, striker went for the low blow like he did the week before, but Mahoney caught it this time. So that was a so he obviously learned for the previous week, but it didn't matter in the end because because um, striker got the win, which is which was fine. They're clearly uh, again, they think they clearly see striker as a guy to be a a solid, you know, mid-level heel for the brand. So might as well just uh, have him get a decent win here over, uh, over balls. Yep. So then we go backstage and 
we have a promo from Tess. Tess says he should be, he should get a title shot because he has beaten every ECW extremist, extremist. And like, you know, he, he said that he has dominated in the uh, elimination chamber as well. So Tess is trying to get his uh, last minute promo votes in. And then we have RVD. RVD says he should get the title shot because the fans come come out to see R to see RVD. So the fans want RVD and they should vote for him because they're going to see RVD. So RVD thinks he has the fan support as well. Good promo mm-hmm. work by uh, by Rob Van Dam and Tess to plead their case uh, why they should be the number one contender. Tess does have a point that he has been a lot of, uh, he has shown a lot of potential in ECW. Yeah, I think you could, you knew that um, he's obviously going to be the guy to, you know, probably be the a potential challenger here for Lashley. Um, but like, but again, with them doing the whole fan vote, it's obvious who they're pretty much going to vote for. And, um, and RV, you kind of can see RVD's point a little bit because, you know, he still never really got his one-on-one rematch for the title. I mean, yeah, he technically was the chamber was his rematch, but he was just one guy of, you know, six. So in terms of a one-on-one rematch, he still had not gotten it yet. And now he kind of, he's basically feels that this, uh, this fan vote is going to be what finally gets him that. Yeah. And, um, so hopefully we'll see what happens as, uh, Rob Van Dam uh, heads into uh, the main event here tonight. But before we get to the main event, we have a little more here. Hardcore Holly comes out, says CM Punk cannot make Holly tap. So he calls out CM Punk's and Punk accepts. Now this is going back to, um, I believe it was last week. It was last week when Hardcore Holly got himself disqualified against CM Punk, and then the match was over, but then CM Punk got the Anaconda vice grip in and made Hardcore Holly submit, but the the match was already over. So so Hardcore Holly says that doesn't count because the match was over, and CM Punk still has not made Hardcore Holly tap out. So CM Punk comes to the ring, and he accepts Hardcore's challenge. However, Hardcore Holly says... You only have three minutes to make me tap. So I didn't rate this. Um, I thought it was just, it's, it's just like a segment, you know, like it's only three. It really only is three minutes. CM Punk does not make a hardcore tap. And then a hardcore Holly gives CM Punk the Alabama slam. So hopefully down the line, we see, a rematch, maybe put them in an extreme rules match. Uh, CM Punk versus Hardcore Holly again down the road as we head into 2007. What'd you think, Steve? Um, I gave it a star and a quarter. It was fine for what we have. Like, you know, Holly being the uh, douchebag he is, you know, basically saying, you know, he never tapped out when he clearly did the week before, even though it was after the bell. Um, I kind of, I like the little, um, the ch- the time limit challenge here, making you know where he forced the where he forced Punk to you know make him tap for three minutes and um you know then of course he beats him up afterward and you know obviously like you said this was pretty much just building to a uh, a third match between the two when you figured um considering what they probably had in store coming up for Punk that um you would hope that this would be where um he finally you know gets the better of you know beats Holly clean and um, Holly you know puts him over on his way on his way up you would hope <laughs> yeah so then backstage shannon moore who i have not he hasn't been seen on in months actually ever since i think you know he had one or two matches with cm punk and then he went away all of a sudden shannon moore is showing up he bumps into davari and the great Kali. And Davari challenges Shannon Moore to a match, so we think. But Shannon Moore comes to the ring, and then Davari comes out. But then Davari steps out of the ring, and in comes the Great Khali. 
a clothesline by Craig Kali, and then Tommy Dreamer comes out and hits Davari with a chair. He tries to hit the great Kali with the chair, but Kali just punches the chair back in Tommy's face. And then uh, Kali pulls the steps out, and then he slams Tommy onto the steps. I gave it a dud because it's not really uh, it's not really a match as it is, you know, another Tommy Dreamer, Greg Holly segment. This one did look more brutal than the other ones because, you know, the EMTs come out afterwards and, you know, they're like, don't move, Tommy. You know, don't move. <laughs> we got to do something with this because, you know, it's been like almost a whole month of Tommy Dreamer just getting beat up, beat up again and again by the great Colleen Davari. Yeah, I went um, dud as well. Uh, Freaking Shannon Moore looks like uh, with that, like Mohawk and the face paint just looks so out of, you know, out of place, you know, with the whole, you know, this whole, you know, like his, his gimmick was the reject and it was like, <laughs> it just looks so weird. But like you said, this was pretty much just, uh, you know, Pakali over. He destroys more in less than a minute. And then, yeah, Tommy, man, just give it up. You're, you're. Every time you go after these two, you may get one shot on Davari, but every time you go after Kali, you get you know either stretchered out or carried out. So it's like you know, cut your losses and move on. Yeah, and then either make Kali a uh, make Kali a contender for Bobby Lashley's title down the line because that would be. I mean, granted, Kali might have some problems in the ring, but. If you took that versus Bobby Lashley, you know, how 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 Bobby Lashley makes a giant fall. So perhaps you could see Greg Holly going down the road for an ECW title shot as well. Maybe. I mean, I don't know how good the matches would be, but <laughs> I mean, no. it seemed I mean, it seemed like, um, you know, it's funny because we're at this point now with Kali here where he, you know, he came in in the spring of 06 beat the undertaker clean at judgment day, you know, and then it seemed, you know, and then he kind of uh, spun his wheels a bit. And, you know, he also had that one uh, clean win over Rey Mysterio when he was world champion, but then he just kind of um, petered out so quickly. It's like he lost, um, I think it was like a last man standing match to taker in August. Then he disappears from it. Then all of a sudden he shows up here uh, in ECW with, you know, Davari acting as his muscle and not the star. Um, so you wonder if they've already kind of seen the writing on the wall, on the wall with Kali that, um, you know, he does it. He's not going to be a, uh, you know, top flight guy like they thought he would. Now, obviously, as we'll see going to 07, you know, he goes a much different path, which, you know, which has been documented on other on other shows. But at the time, you kind of wonder if um, maybe his shelf life was a lot more limited than we thought or they thought they, that he that he had. I think the writing was on the wall um, at the Great American Bash uh, 2006 that year because he's he doesn't have that Punjabi prison match with The Undertaker. I mean, I don't think it was his fault. I think like he had like an injury of some sort, but it was like, oh, uh, this guy might have some problems Uh working in the ring, you know, and uh, I think like that was a problem that wrote a little bit on the wall that this might not work as we want it to. Right. Well, that was the, uh, that was the, if it was, uh, that was the liver inside pay-per-view where it was him, uh, Lashley. And I think uh, super crazy at all uh, had the elevated liver enzymes and that's what, uh, and they got pulled from that card. So. Yes. Yeah, so it's not entirely his fault, but uh, you know, I think they were just, banking on him and uh you know things just got in the way mm -hmm. so so now we get a sabu video package notice steve how we don't get a promo from sabu we only get a video package on why he's so extreme in this era of ecw i think it's smart because i don't feel like anyone has actually ever heard sabu talk so Good move by not letting him have the mic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we have a recap of Mike Knox dumping Kelly. Mike says he is the victim and says Kelly, Kelly, Kelly made him look stupid. 
So Mike Knox is trying to play that he's the victim and that, you know, Kelly was making him look bad by going out and taking off all of her clothes. But, you know, everyone sees it as like, oh, Mike's just jealous and Mike can't, Mike can't wrestle. And, you know, Mike's just being a bully to Kelly. So we're still on this uh, Mike Knox Kelly uh, train. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, like it's, yeah, typical douchebag heel trying to make it like, like he was, like you said, he was the victim. And, you know, you never saw things from my point of view. You know, that's my girlfriend out there taking off, you know, all her clothes in front of everybody. It kind of reminds me of, uh, and I'm, you know, one of my chrono watches, I'm in 2000, um, right around, uh, that's when uh, Eddie Guerrero and China were, you know, a unit. That was right around when um, China went into Playboy and kind of the same thing. Eddie was, you know, the jealous boyfriend who, you know, tried to make it seem like it was, you know, he was the star. It was all about him. And, you know, he was embarrassed because China, you know, was on the cover and all that stuff. But obviously the difference with those is that China could obviously defend herself against, you know, against Eddie. Whereas here, you know, got this, you got this, you know, this, you know, hundred pound woman who can't handle her, handle her own against a, you know, a 240 pound, uh, green, greenhorn. So, <laughs> I just kind of found that uh, a little interesting uh, parallel. Yeah. Did you get to the segment where Eddie Q Eddie uh, goes into the uh, Playboy Mansion? Yeah. I, yeah. He did that. And then he did. He went to the um, I think it was like the headquarters um, to try to stop the <laughs> stop the magazine. So, yeah. yeah, pretty good stuff there by though, by uh, by Eddie. He was really enter- getting he's getting really entertaining um, around that that late uh, 2000. It's kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. And. Yeah, kind of I a shame that. The, yeah, it was kind of a shame that uh, the drugs and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that 2001 derailed them. Yeah, and I also think. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I I think it also brought out more of a character in China as well. You know, but like, I mean, she was dominating by like beating up the boys, but here we have like this soft, sensitive, loving type of China, you know, where she was still tough, but, uh, you know, she, she was very like loving, caring, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So now Steve, it is time for our main event. It is Sabu versus test versus RVD. Um, I have a problem with this because it goes to a commercial and then we see all three guys are on the outside and they really don't show a recap of what happened during the commercial. So you're starting to wonder what did happen, you know, because like, I think like it's either like Tess is busted open or like Van Damme is busted open the mouth. So I didn't like how they went about this, where they didn't even show us what happened during the commercial break. Yeah, it would have been nice to see that like little like first bit of action there before, right as they went into the commercial. Yeah. So a standing moonsault and crossbody dives to test. Test pushes RVD off the turnbuckle into the guardrail. Double team moves by Sabu and RVD. A rolling thunder to test. RVD gets the frog, gives the five star frog splash to Sabu, but Tess pushes RVD out to cover Sabu for the win. So RVD, I mean, so Tess gets the win. However, as the voting, the voting ends and the results are up, RVD is the winner. So RVD will face Bobby Lashley January 2nd on ECW for the ECW title. Steve, would it have been better if they, instead of the voting, they um, had the winner of the triple threat match face Bobby Lashley? Or do you think the voting was good? Um, I thought the voting itself was fine. Um, by the way, for the match, I gave it two and a quarter. I thought it was a decent little, decent little uh, triple threat there. Um, not too surprised that um, t- test one because again, like like I said, they um, clearly have him pegged for um, for a coming few with Lashley. I think that's par- partially why um, they also went with the with the voting because I think they want to save Lashley and Test for a bigger stage. 
um, for when like the ti- the ECW title can be showcased. So I have I have no issue with them doing the voting and then having that match be on um, on TV. I actually kind of would have liked to have seen Sabu win the vote because I think um, him and Lashley would have been a really kind of fun, chaotic style match. You know, Sabu just kind of throwing himself all around and, you know, Lashley using his power offense to 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 wear him down. So I think that I thought that would have been a nice little uh, different kind of match that we that we would have seen. But again, um, wasn't too surprised that um, that RVD ended up winning the vote. No, I wasn't surprised either, because like he says, you know, the fans come out to see RVD. Before we go off the air, though, Tess gives RVD the big boot, and that's basically how we uh, how we wrap up um, ECW of, of this episode of ECW, and that's how we basically wrap up 2006. Now, we're not going we're going to jump right into 2007 because the there is one more ECW 2006 episode. However, it's just a recap episode of of 2006 and where we are today. But Steve, let's go over let's go over 2006. You start off with Rob Van Dam winning the ECW winning the WWE title at One Night Stand 2006, and he is then presented the ECW on the first ECW on Sci-Fi. Then we have a battle royal. We have a battle royal which Sabu wins, so he'll fight John Cena at Vengeance. Rob Van Dam and Sabu get busted in Ohio with pot and drug paraphernalia, so that July. So RVD's world starts crashing down. Um, he gets pinned by Edge for the WWE title July 3rd. And then on the, the July 4th ECW, Rob Van Dam loses the ECW title to the big show, and they're getting screwed by Paul Heyman. Kurt Angle gets released and asks for his release in WWE. Sabu and Sabu and the Big Show have a match at SummerSlam. The Big Show and Batista probably have the worst match on the list for this year on Sci-Fi, where the fans were just yelling, change the channel, change the channel. Steve, do you know what match I'm talking about? Yeah, that was on... um... I do remember that. I believe that was at the um, when they did the sh- that uh, TV at the Hammerstein Ballroom, the same venue they had the one night stand show. Um, and yeah, the the crowd was absolutely just like um, vicious on them. Like you said, they changed the channel. I'm sure there was probably a TNA chant in there somewhere. Oh, there was boring, boring. Change the channel, and gosh, it was so bad. I would say, I mean. And the, the the highlight of this year is that Ric Flair match, which was the we gave it the highest um, one of the highest ratings was that ECW title match between Ric Flair and the Big Show, where Ric Flair went into the thumbtacks. That was insane. So then we get that. Um, so then, like Big Show goes on a tear. Degeneration X comes in to ECW one time. That's all in the promote Unforgiven. We get King Booker in ECW for once, one time. Then we um, let's see. Then we get. Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. Sorry. We got Booker T, and then basically it's just that. Um, oh. You have that vicious Extreme Rules match between Rob Van Dam and Hardcore Holly, which was also high on the rating scale. That was like uh, three and a half stars for me and Mike. That match was brutal. The one where uh, Hardcore Holly had all those like marks on his back from the table. Then Paul Heyman gets relieved. Paul Heyman gets relieved of his duties um going into ecw's december to dismember the big show uh, loses the ecw title to bobby lashley and then the big show is out 
and he uh, asked uh, to uh, stop. He asked to be off the road in 2006 until 2008. A lot of a uh, lot of like uh, downed in ECW for 2006. Steve, what do you think would have happened if Kurt Angle was healthy and they used him in ECW? Do you think he wins the ECW title or do you think he goes back to the SmackDown roster? That's a tough call. Um, I feel like at that point, Kurt had um, maxed out everything he could possibly do on SmackDown and on Raw for that matter. So I could see why they moved him to, to ECW, especially with the whole, you know, with, you know, he was at that point, you know, where his gimmick, he was the wrestling machine. He was, you know, so intense all the time. And he was, a, he actually was a pretty good fit for them. Um, had he stuck around, I think, I think he probably would have won the title at some point. Maybe he becomes, um, if, if Paul still turns heel, maybe he becomes Paul's new guy, um, kind of playing off their little um, alliance back in uh, late 02, early 03. Um, maybe you kind of keep you keep Big Show in there as just like the enforcer, um, you know, and have Kurt be like the, the ace. Because um, I think Kurt would have had a really good run with um, some of those guys. Like he and um, uh, RVD have had good matches before. Uh, he and Sabu could have had a really could have some really fun matches. Maybe you put throw him in Punk on an episode of, of ECW. Just let them tear it up. That could have been really fun to watch. Um so yeah, I think I think um, if Kurt had stuck around, he probably would have held that belt at some points. Um, it's just a, it's really unfortunate that he you know he was at that he had the mental state he was in that we were kind of you know robbed of that. But um, I think when you look at ECW overall, um, I think their the the intentions were good to kind of you know because they you know had a lot of you know. It was clear that the fans had, you know, a really vested interest in ECW from the the Rise and Fall DVD, and then the first one night stand did so well. So I think they kind of figured, you know, the, that there was enough of a um, care for the brand for the brand that they wanted to bring it back, um, and kind of have it be this little mix of like the original people plus you know bringing in these new guys. Um, I think blending the brands too much, bringing in the people like Batista and Undertaker and DX, I think definitely watered it down a lot um, and hurt it a bit. And that, and that's, you know, it kind of made it seem like they couldn't, they didn't have enough trust in um, the, the ECW guys to carry the brand on their own. Um, and I think, and, and this has been, I think relayed on a couple of other podcasts before, but I think after Paul had left, they probably would have been shrewd to just um, drop the ECW brand name and just rebranded the show altogether. Like keep, you know, everyone, you know, keep everyone there. You know, you can still go with Lashley as the top guy, but then, but just rebrand it as this like whole other like entity, you know, whatever, call it whatever you want. I think they should have just um, dropped the, the ECW from it because as we'll see, as we go forward, um, you know, obviously we got ways to go before we get to like 08 and 09, but you know, ECW, you know, the brand starts to get, you know, pretty good with some of the guys they bring in. But I think just having those three letters weigh it down, I think, hinders it uh, to a point. Yeah. And then there's always that question. What if RVD never got pulled over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think. um I think he was I think he was bound to lose the WWE title at some point. Like in July, yeah, because um, yeah, they wanted to go back to Cena versus Edge. You know, they were they knew where they were going with that. But RVD just losing the ECW title was like, oh boy, here and, we go, and, the problems, right? And you know, especially to Big Show, and then you had that was when Heyman turned, and that was in Philly too. So you know, it was just yeah. it was almost like a, a slap in the face, those, slap oh, in the man. face of those fans because they because I mean, you watch that they, you know littered the ring with trash it was like you know if it, it brought back memories of uh bash at the beach 96 with how much trash they threw in the ring yeah or when like jerry lawler showed up on uh on ecw uh 1997 mm, yeah that's a good point the comparison yep well steve we uh it is time we are in the new year for ecw this is ECW, January 2nd, 2007. We're live on 
in Lakeland, Florida. Test is in the ring. Again, Test says he's a do- he's been dominant in the ring and is an impact player. Test should be the number one contender for the ECW title. And uh, going back from uh, to uh, the December 19th show, this is where we get Test versus Sabu because, you know, Test gave that big boot to RVD and Sabu was also in the ring checking up on Rob. So it's good to put – I think this was a good, good idea to put Test versus Sabu to also to give Sabu a good showing but also to prove that Test has been dominant in, ever since uh, stepping onto ECW. So we have punches, punches by Sabu. Sabu gets Tess down and kicks him in the face. A clothesline by Tess, a bear hug by Tess, and a springboard, the springboard by Sabu. A tornado DDT by Sabu, and then it turns into a big boot by Tess and a swinging neckbreaker for the win. I gave it a star and a quarter. I liked. Uh, I like this match. Uh, Sabu was putting on a show, and uh, and Tess was proving us with his uh, dominance. I want to star in a quarter, Steve. Yeah, I went star in a quarter too. Um, again, pretty basic stuff for both guys. Tess shows off his power. Uh, Sabu gets a few of his um, his aerial moves in, and um, no shock here. Tess winning. Um, like I said, you know. They had obviously had plans for him coming up, so you want to keep him strong. And Sabu's an easy guy to to lay down and make him look good. Yes. So now we have a tag team match. It's Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai versus the FBI. So the full blood Italians are still being used. Uh, little Guido and Tony Mama Luke. Elijah Burke starts on Little Guido, and then he tags in Sylvester. Sylvester, a belly-to-belly suplex to Guido, and a running knee by Elijah Burke. A tag to Tony Mamaluke. Tony tries to get a comeback going, but is demolished by Sylvester Turkai. And then Sylvester gets him in an armbar submission for the win. Uh, I also gave this a star and a quarter. I liked, I like Sylvester's uh, wrestling. You know, I know he's just being a big man, but he seemed dominant. And Elijah Burke also put on a very good showing too. So we'll see what this tag team and even like if they decide to give like a singles run to Sylvester or Elijah, see what they do in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went a star. Um, another uh, December to December rematch that uh, I don't know if a lot of people were uh, clamoring for, but again, just kind of a way to get uh, Burke and Turkai over. Um, obviously, the FBI, the only thing they have going for them is Trinity, who is uh, still looking incredibly hachi machi um, when she comes out. But um, yeah, this is, again, basic squash to put Turkai and um, and Burke over. I've always liked um, those uh, that running double knee that Burke does in the quarter. I think it always looks nice and, you know, flush whenever he hits it and then uh and then like you said burke finishes off uh, mama luke with that uh with that really uh nice looking arm bar so um again nothing much more to say just basic stuff basic uh squash to uh to put burke and turkai over yeah but um like i said you know i i just think that like i don't know if it was his appearance or like even like sylvester's like wrestling gear he he does look he did look strong in the match. So, you know, I mean, I know he's just another big guy, but um, I, I, there was just something I liked about him. And I, I also liked uh, Elijah Burke's uh, running knees. So they got good potential. Let's see what happens down the road as we get there. Mm-hmm. We now have a recap of the great Kali being of Tommy Dreamer for the last three weeks. Tommy Dreamer says he's going to keep on coming back for more because, you know, Tommy has a death wish and uh, likes punishment, and he's going to keep on fighting for the ECW fans. <laughs> Give it up, Tommy. Yeah, th- Tommy, this isn't, you know, 95, you know, 95, 96, 97, when you were constantly going after Raven. Uh, this is 2007 now, and this isn't, you know, and Kali's a whole different beast than Raven is. So, yeah, it's uh, it's time to um, to give it up. <laughs> Yeah, 10 years later, uh, well, the great Kali's going to beat me up now. 
<laughs> Rob Van Dam is confident going into his ECW title match. You know, he says that he can just, he's going to bring it and he's going to win the ECW title. And he thanks Bobby Lashley and the fans for giving him his one-on-one rematch again. So Rob Van Dam is finally getting the rematch he always wanted. And it's a one-on-one contest. Now we have Kevin Thorne versus Balls Mahoney. And uh, Ariel also looking hachi-machi, Steve. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) Punches in a clothesline by Kevin Thorne, a kick to the back of the head to Balls. Balls does this thing, sir, punches. But Kevin just gives him – Kevin Thorne gives him an uppercut for the win. I gave this a star. I didn't. I don't understand how the uppercut just knocked out Balls Mahoney for the win. Maybe they could have given Kevin something. Let Kevin do that, like do the razor's edge, but he really just gives him an uppercut and Balls goes down. So there's a star and uh, an all right performance by Kevin Thorne. So let's see what happens, like where everyone goes in 2007 and keep an eye out for Kevin Thorne to see what, what he, what they do with him as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I went half a star pretty again. You know, I don't know how much longer this match was supposed to go because um, that, I mean, I I thought it was actually maybe, maybe I was looking at wrong, but it looked like he, um, it looked more like an elbow and he caught him like right in the throat because, um, you know, boss took that pretty flush there and you, you almost think, um, that, you know, he was like legitimately hurt and they just had to, to go to the finish early. Cause I want, cause I'm, I mean, I'm not that the match is probably going to be much, much longer, but, um, it definitely felt like, um, they had to go home early cause it looked like balls did get, um, legitimately hurt on that. So, um, you know, if anything, again, just, you know, makes Th- uh, Thorn look more like a, uh, more like a badass cause which is something that he needs. Cause he does, cause you know, he needs something right now. Yep. So now we have an interview from Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley knows RVD style and can wrestle any style of wrestling. So our Bobby is coming in confident that he is coming in as ECW champion and will be leaving as ECW champion. He's not afraid of Rob Van Dam's kicks, kicks or, uh, you know, like karate style moves. What's the thing of this promo, Steve, by Bobby Lashley? Uh, pretty, you know, basic stuff again, you know, Lashley, you know, giving RVD his due for how good he is in the ring, but basically, you know, saying, you know, I'm the champion now and I'm going to be, you know, remain champion no matter, you know, what you do. So, you know, good promo by him. Yep. So it's basically put up or shut up uh, time for both RVD and Bobby Lashley as we are into our main event. Lashley uh, shoves RVD off of him twice. Lashley misses with an elbow. Lashley throws RVD to the outside. RVD kicks Bobby Lashley in the face. A split moonsault by RVD. A monkey flip counter to a belly-to-belly suplex. So Bobby has been studying Rob Van Dam's moves and has been uh, doing counters of the counter uh, Van Dam style. Rob Van Dam uh, counters the uh, counters the spear though. Rob Van Dam misses the Rolling Thunder into a clothesline. RVD crosses cross bodies onto Lashley to the outside. So this is where the match is abruptly, you know, ends. So it's like it's like a cross body basically. Like Rob Van Dam flings himself over, jumps over, and he. It looks like he landed awkwardly, like he lands behind the announce table onto Lashley, and immediately the referee throws up the throws up the X sign. So I didn't know if it was like a legit injury and they had to stop it, or if it was a cliffhanger of who's the tougher man, Steve. Yeah, um, I went two and a quarter. I thought it was really building, um, really building up until that finish. Um, uh, RVD really, you know, 
sold well for Lashley while getting his shots in. And, you know, that was a um, that was a hell of a jump RVD made to reach Lashley on the table. Um, you almost thought that um, you almost you know questioned if he was going to make it or not. But, um, yeah, the ending just really left a bad taste in my mouth. Like if they wanted to, um, I, I feel like I, I mean, I kind of understand why they did it. They wanted to maybe build to a rematch um, between the two for the, you know, for another, for another show. It just felt like such a, a tease though. Cause it's like you, you built this thing up, you know, on the twelve nineteen show with the whole, with the fans voting and, you know, RVD winning and then you make them wait, you know, the two weeks to get here. And now we're here. And, you know, that's the finish to give us. It's just really, it just felt very um, unsatisfying. Like I was, I was, I mean, I was hoping for a little bit more out of the match. Yeah, uh, I went in two. I went two and a quarter as well, Steve. Uh, it was great up until that that finish, and you can hear the you can really hear the fans' displeasure for the the ending, and there was a lot of uh, bull chants there. It also seems, Steve, that the fans were getting behind more of Bobby Lashley than they were of RVD. I thought I was hearing more Bobby chants. Maybe that was from like the kids and like the families, you know, where like those hardcore fans are always going to stand by Rob Van Dam. But I thought I was hearing more of uh, Lashley chants tonight. Yeah, they were um, they were definitely getting behind him, which is, you know, what they were hoping for, because they want to make obviously make Lashley their top face. So um, the more the more support he gets, you know, the better, especially when it's against a guy who is, you know, as um, as loved as uh, RVD is. Yep, so that also uh, closes out this uh, first episode of uh, the 2007 year of ECW. And that's going to basically wrap up uh, the ECW um, Extreme Resurrection tonight. But before we go, Steve, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug and direct the, th- direct the listeners to? Yes, so you can usually find me over on the uh, PTBM Pop Experience. I have a couple of shows going on there. First, there's uh, Pop Goes the Classics, where I, Andy Atherton, and Miranda Berthold are going through all the Disney animated films. We are Our most recent episode, we discussed The Lion King, so we uh, hit the third uh, point in that awesome triangle of uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and the Lion King. So we've completed the first half of the Disney Renaissance, and now we're about to get into the second half here. Uh, looking forward to getting to that. Um, I also have Mickey Matt Rushmore, where me and a group of people come on and we talk um, all sorts of different topics. So lots of great fun there. And I also occasionally do the PTBN video uh, jukebox song of the day, where uh, we come on and just basically live watch a random music video and just talk about it. I know I've done a few. Um, Andy's done a few. Uh, John Kisalika has done some. And I know um, our boy Scott Criscolo has just jumped in as well. So um, so we got some great voices uh, all over there. So uh, be sure to check all that out and be sure to check out um, everything across our um, little tree, uh, trio of pods here, here on um, here on the wrestling feed, the, the, the pop experience and also on the North South connection, which has also houses the Jenny position. Uh, you can usually find me also over on the PTBN Facebook page. Uh, we have lots, lots of great stuff going on there, including our, uh, our summer tournament we've got going on where we are determining the greatest animated film of all time. Uh, we have over 300 uh, entries. Um, we are currently, uh, as of this recording, in the playing round. Uh, lots of great um, matchups about to come, not just in the playing round, but also in uh, the the first round when we get there. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what ends up winning that. So I'm looking forward to it. So be sure to check out um, all that. Be sure to get over there and vote for your favorites. I always do my voting on my lunch break, and I was like, oh, I wonder if the polls are up yet. <laughs> yeah usually usually we try to get them up by um by 12 noon uh eastern time so that uh so that they're there for uh for people to uh to go in and vote right on time well that's gonna do it for us here tonight on extreme resurrection i'm james gruenberg he's steve riddle and we will see you next time
still standing here, still standing.